3: Hello, I'm John Holmes. It's the The One Show Show, the podcast that carries TV's The One Show to an enormous wicker sofa we've built on a hill and then burns it alive inside. This is part two of this week's episode. so if you haven't already, why not go back and listen to part one? With me, Mark Haynes and John Long. Yeah, let's talk about uh, Maggie the Space Scientist, because she was great. Yeah, At last, somebody who knows what they're talking about was really knowledgeable, I mean, and quite could sell it well to a one show audience. It's quite complex. The the web telescope and how it works and how everything is made of stardust. As she was trying to say, she was saying how the elements involved in our bodies, you know, the elements in the green sofas in the studio and in Roman Kemp's tiny sunscreen, understanding brain, right. Are all made (laughs) of stardust. We are made of stars, she said. And then they went, well, we've run out of time.
4: (laughs) (laughs) I know. When it runs out of fuel, the star, if it's big enough, goes supernova and splashes of elements oh, out into the universe. Yes. But the fascinating thing is that those elements then go to make you, me, everything in this room. We are literally stardust because the elements in our body were made in the heart of stars.
1: We're going to have to stop there because our minds are blown oh. all over the country. It oh. was amazing. I almost threw
5: my laptop across the TV because oh. that was the first bit I've been enjoying. Yeah. And then they went, anyway, enough of all that. And, and like, you just thought, you, you did take minutes with Matt all right on a fucking gadget that we knew (laughs) wouldn't work going in and yet I know she uh, she was brilliant and I just love that Mm. at one point as well Rowan did what I do as well in situations where she was explaining something called the Conservation of angular momentum, and then he's going, and that means yeah. the is actually slowing a lot down. And he just did that noise where you pretend you understand. And go,
4: <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah! Oh, of yeah. yeah. As the moon is spiralling away from us, there's something called conservation of angular momentum, but it means that the Earth is slowing down,
6: right? Ah, so- I, I I'm going to throw my hands up here. I have actually worked with Dr. Maggie uh, over the last year. Uh, she's one of the nicest people you could ever meet, but I, I've never actually seen her do this sort of thing where she goes out live and explains her specialised topic. Yeah. And I thought it was absolutely great. It's very rare. We've been watching the one show a long time. The knowledge that we pick up is stupid stuff. But I actually now know what a supermoon is and why it happens. And that was from a, what, a three-minute section? Yeah.
4: Most people think that the moon goes around the Earth in a circle, but it doesn't actually go around in a circle. It goes in what's a slightly squished circle called an ellipse. And that means that sometimes the moon is closer to the Earth and sometimes the moon is further away. When we get a supermoon, it's because we happen to have a full moon and we happen to have a full moon when the moon is closer to the Earth than usual. Right. And I'm talking about maybe 42,000 miles closer. But it does mean the moon looks bigger in the sky and also looks brighter, about 30 percent brighter.
6: Uh. There's a thing that someone used to say years ago who I used to know, used to say you never waste time talking to an expert. And actually what you can see is when you do put an expert there and you go, tell us what this is, tell us how it works, that it is actually worth watching. And so much of this is not experts. So much of this is Lucy Vera Swamy looking at the back of a lamprey while it has sex (laughs) and just going, wonderful. She pitched it at a perfect level, which was to kids, but not making you feel like an idiot. And so... I felt myself like Alex and, and Roman. I felt we were all on the same level. Yeah. And we came out of it going, I actually now know what a super moon
3: is. And that, of course, is why they cut the segment short and gave her just three minutes at the end to d- know, sort of sell the, sell, sell the universe to us. Whereas they'd rather talk about, yeah, the vampire fish and a plug-in adapter that doesn't work. Yeah. Exactly right. And she was yeah. uh, what was good about her, though, was, you know, Roman, as you said, John, was trying to be involved. But all I could think was, Roman sort of nodding along here, but I was sort of thinking, you don't even know how sunscreen works. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I loved
6: it though when, when when Roman one of his questions was um, and is the moon constantly moving away
4: from
1: us Aww. and isn't it something that the moon is, is constantly moving away from us it
4: is now there's nothing to worry about but um, as the moon orbits the earth it is actually spiralling away from us very slowly she did say don't worry but everything she said in that Every
6: single new piece of information she added made me more and more frightened. (laughs) If
4: you go back thousands, actually millions of years, when the moon was first formed, a day on Earth was only about five hours. And as the moon has been spiralling away from us, the Earth is getting slower and slower, and it will continue to slow down. So uh, an Earth day won't be 24 hours. It will be something more.
6: (laughs) (laughs) so So the moon is moving away. The Earth is getting slower. And now days are going to be longer. What? I don't like this at all. And I'm very <laughs> frightened. As you say, they're going to go, well, let's wrap that up then. Okay, wonderful. Uh, play yeah, the yeah. credits. Just have existential dread.
3: It's all tomorrow. <laughs> Good night. Good night. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, then we then we were onto tomorrow, of course, which uh, which uh, involved these museums. the The Museum of Making in Derby.
6: Yeah, that's looms and engines, wasn't it? That was uh... M-
3: mostly looms and engines.
6: Oh, uh, that was dry. And this museum just really reflects the soul of our city. There's a 300 year old history of manufacturing in Derby, and. We tell a strong narrative of the importance of
3: making to Derby's history, but we also explore how these things were made. The, as previously discussed, horny man. Um, the People's History Museum in Manchester, which looked very boring, for my mind.
4: Ernest, The main story we tell is the fight for the right to vote in this country. Workers' rights, human rights, the fight for equality as well. So the museum's full of campaigning, activism and protest.
3: The Story Museum in Oxford. Mm, all right. That's, uh, that's, that's, that had some... Uh, I I mean Cloth mice in it That that stretched
6: the word museum, didn't it? That was was essentially a giant sort of imaginarium for kids to write stories We
1: create immersive environments, we create story worlds And we invite children and their families to step in We have the portal, which is where you start your journey You then enter the Whispering Wood, which is all about oral heritage we have the Enchanted Library, where you step through the wardrobe doors into Narnia, and many other story worlds. There was a, a
3: little <laughs> woodland area made of paper trees, wasn't there? And a, I, yeah, I mean, what, uh, what was it, John? Yeah, what was it? <laughs> I, don't, I don't, I don't know what it was.
6: And then, of course, there was Ty Pob in, yeah. in Wrexham. Yeah, everybody's house
3: that makes like it does in in the Welsh. Yeah, and we all make a beeline for that, won't we?
6: Now, that was a <laughs> deeply confusing place. Um, they. <laughs> They said it was a museum. They said it was for everyone in Wrexham and everyone who comes to Wrexham. It's
4: really not like a traditional gallery. Um, You know, you've got the market traders, artists that we're working with, school groups coming in. My favourite part of coming here is the sense of community.
6: It had a market inside it. There were school people visiting and then someone was making a salad. I, I, no one could tell me in that in the sort of like
3: 20 seconds it got what the bloody hell
6: that museum's about.
3: And as you said, all we got really to soundtrack all of this afterwards was Matt all right shouting into a microphone that didn't work. I know. The, then, of course, they were trying to big it up going, well, the announcement. I mean, you can sense the one show's soul leaking from its substance, really, can't you, from its <laughs> physical being. Points like this where you go, yeah, we've got the, the Museum of the Year thing, something that the BBC should be covering. What should yeah. we do with it? Shove it on the one show, and even they're going. Oh God, must we? Yeah, yes, you must, and you must do it live as well. You must. Yeah, do you're going to have live. to cut
6: from that lady of space. Oh no, she wasn't on that yeah. episode. But, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I've i thought for years. I do not understand why they don't have a thing on BBC Two where they go for three weeks. We're going to show you around this museum. So today it's the tape, and you know what? If you can't get there, you can see all the treasures, and you'll enjoy it. We're going to give you a guided tour. It's so easy. And you're right about that thing of saying stick it on the one show because you're like. It hits a remit. It's like we're supporting museums, but they didn't show us anything for them to do a piece about the Horniman and not show the walrus, which is the iconic thing that they have there to not really explain what Tai
3: Poab and, and even yeah. the people's history museum was so boring. To be fair, Mark, you cannot at seven o'clock in the evening, of on BBC one show a spunk covered walrus that you've <laughs> left there in a disturbing state. That's but I not- want
6: people to see it. <laughs> That's half of the thrill. Um, I think what makes the Horniman unique is that everyone loves it, but they come again and again over generations, and they always find something new to do. The, I mean, the, the Horniman won this; it was chaos because yeah. they had the horrible thing of they'd done a deal with the devil, where they'd said this is going to be covered on BBC One live. The winner's going to be announced live, and what that means is the second they say the winner is the Horniman. Matt, all right. We'll start going. Hurry, hurry. Make it quick. Say something, but make it quick. Make it quick. And the winner
3: of Art Fund Museum of the Year 2022 is Horniman Museum and Gardens.
6: Just very
2: briefly, tell us
6: how much does this mean to Horniman? And the whole thing was just the absolute antithesis of what celebrating museums is supposed to be like, which is you don't want someone sitting there going, run, 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 (laughs) more, quicker, stop it, shut up.
3: (laughs) It was stressful. Can I talk about what I think, for me, was one of the worst, and this, I'm I'm including every episode we've ever watched in this. Mm. I think this was one of the worst sequences we've ever seen. And it was this week's one big thank you.
1: Oh, it was fucking awful. (laughs) It's Thursday, which means it's time for us to put another deserving person centre stage for one big thank you. And tonight it's not just one person, is it? Nope. It's two, father and daughter, Jeff and Chloe Smith. It made me
5: actually angry.
1: Well,
3: why did it it make you angry, John? Because I know we all share this anger, but what a waste of time.
5: Because it was because the fact they set it up. And then you always think with these things like, Uh, what's the connection I mean it's going to be some sort of loose rough connection running through Mm. the prize and the person getting the prize yes, or why they're getting it and there just seems to have been like you said there's two things here like right we've got this guy we want to thank for his great work with homelessness but we've also got to plug this fucking play yeah and it's got nothing to do with homelessness in any way. No, so we sure people, haven't expressed an interest.
3: What they did was, so regular listeners will know that the one big thank you is where they they thank people who've done literally th- tasks to help, you know, they don't get thanked, they do it for the love of helping out, for charity. And so the one show, rock up with their stupid van with a screen on it, to wherever this is in the country, and say thank you in a special way. The special way was to arrange a pretend backstage tour of the touring show, the play What Goes Wrong, and then tell the people who worked in the charity that they'd won this tour in the theatre in their hometown of Cardiff, take them to the tour, but the backstage tour would then go wrong and that was the way of thanking them. We've told them they've won an exclusive backstage theatre
7: tour, but what they don't know is that showing them round will be the team behind the award-winning hit show The Play That Goes Wrong, in town for the latest stop on their UK tour. Such a cringeworthy
5: fashion. What?
3: And then you got Rona Keating to go yeah, so the cast of the hilarious touring show, plug plug, are helping us out with this (laughs)
7: it's a hilarious murder mystery where mishaps happen constantly on stage, yeah! and they'll be bringing the same air of chaos
3: as they show Jeff and Chloe around but it was it was shit because. A, why would they want to go on that? B, it's a theatre in their town, so they'll have known it's on because there were posters of it all around the town.
6: Uh, I mean, credit to to the dad, Jeff. He made absolutely no... He didn't hide the fact that he had no interest in being there. Oh, I loved him. (laughs) When it was all going sort of wrong and props were dropping and things were were breaking. Here comes
7: another member of the cast, Dylan, pretending to be in charge of props.
3: Uh, you right, Yeah, I'm, I do like the head of
7: props. But he's a bit more clumsy than he should be. Oh my God. It's only sugar oh, glass, but Dylan appears mortified.
3: Right? Uh, right, okay, yes, uh, and Chloe
7: and Jeff really don't know what to make of it all.
6: There was a bit where a fire starts in a bucket, and yeah. it, it just had him with his hands in his pockets, <laughs> looking at I know. it. While yeah. the voiceover Reaction went, cam. Chloe and Jeff don't know what to think. And it's like, no, it's I not that they don't know what to, to think. It. It's that they're just going, I, I don't care about any of this. If all, if all these people die, they die. It's a, no business
3: of mine. Yeah, but that was one. You got all the actors who were pretending to be the tour guides screaming because of a fire in a bucket. But you're right, Jeff and Chloe were literally just going, Just what? Yeah. Wouldn't you know it? Now the stage is on fire.
2: <laughs> That's the
7: cue for the rest of the cast to use the confusion on stage to move into place and put an end to the disastrous tour. And
6: yeah. in the chaos No chaos there wasn't any chaos. The chaos, John, where the hot <laughs> breaks breaks and, and the and the thing goes off. They they the cast appear holding a banner that says the one show, one big thank you. Yeah,
3: and Jeff couldn't give less of a shit. Credit
6: to the yeah. one show, just keeping that that long shot of the two of them looking <laughs> at it absolutely blankly. <laughs> just no... Con- they take them out. Imagine his arms folded. They both it- put on sunglasses to go outside, so you can't see any emotion, not that there was any <laughs> magic. <laughs> it was just shocking, wasn't it? Why oh can't they just thank them? I don't know. Why, what? God, they don't know. Why what? can't they just okay. say... You've done this, and so we're treating you to something. Why do they trick
3: them? <laughs> but with shit tricks. I mean, yes. all they had was that the this actor from the show is playing a tour guide, and what he's doing is walking into onto the stage where they're being shown some of the props, and then he just touches a thing on the wall, which falls off the wall. Really, really, um, promptly. And you go, well, but they also know, surely, that this is the play that goes wrong because it's on at the local theatre and will have had widespread advertising. Mm -hmm. So... A thing fell off the wall. They're probably thinking, oh, that's just part of the show that they do here. I think you're giving it too much credit. I think they walk around and the boat just went, This
6: is unprofessional. <laughs> and then and then the one show thing comes up and he goes, dunno what that is. Then they go in a car yeah. park and there's fucking Dr. Alex from Love Island <laughs> saying thanks so much.
7: Television personality and UK young mental health ambassador Dr. Alex George sent his own message of thanks.
5: One big thank you to everyone
6: at Big Moose Cafe. The work that you do is absolutely incredible. I just want to say the biggest thank you. You're amazing. Who's this guy? What's going on? <laughs> Why is any He's, of this? It was so babbling
5: And the fact at one point they said as well, like, um, <laughs> the big reveal. is like, no, actually... This hasn't been going wrong. This has actually been going very right. Because <laughs> bit of a surprise, we're not actually amateur dramatics. We're professional, and actually, that was the most surprising thing about it. I'm sure yeah, it is. was that oh, you get paid really <laughs> <laughs> for all that shit you just did
7: in front of me. outrageous. Their tour guides aren't simply local amateur
2: actors, but professionals ready to wreak havoc. Planning for your next trip. This was the episode
6: as well where Charlotte, um, i I'm always close to calling her Scarlett Johansson. Scarlett <laughs> Moffat. Scarlett Moffat. Yes, appears. Yes.
3: With, her to- with the mystery of Tourette's. I mean, say what you
6: like, John, but you cannot go wrong with a Tourette's doc, can you? <laughs> oh, you they, uh, the, the, the very first one, John's Not Mad. Yeah,
3: the staple of our youths.
6: I mean, yeah. one of the great docs. And actually, yeah. the one thing that documentary makers have found since then is... You can do anything you like on people with Tourette's, and it will always be magic yeah. it's It's a properly wonderful affliction that is so i mean just like extreme honesty almost and uh, I noticed the clips they showed on that are much milder than the clips they put in the advert so yeah. <laughs> they had uh, one one girl who had, had was suffering from Tourette is with Scarlet Moffat and she sits opposite her and she goes yeah it just comes out every now and then
1: when you're seeing like you sort of create oh look it's the queen of the jungle <laughs>
5: <laughs> that's, that's my favourite one so far <laughs>
6: Not wrong. <laughs> I thought, wow, they've been through a lot of footage to get that one because the rest yes. of it is all going
3: to be far, far more. There was a, a wonderful bit they missed as well where I was just, again, shouting it at the screen when Ronan, Roman, this was Ronan, wasn't it? Keating, Ronan, the yeah. Keating episode, yeah. And he said, the thing is that you get, these days, you get a lot of young people sharing their tick attacks online.
7: Well, you look at how young people are sharing their tick attacks
3: online. <laughs> and I'm just going, say on TikTok, say on TikTok, say tick attack on TikTok. <laughs> tick ticka tack ticka tack 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 Come on! That's
6: <laughs> how you develop Tourette's, John. Saying that four times gives you Tourette's.
3: If you say five times, Mark, into the mirror, John from John's not mad appears. I'm going to do it right now.
6: TV bosses at the minute they love Scarlet Moffat because they they all have that thing of sort of going, she's normal, she's a normal person. Yeah, I mean, she's not. She's been on TV for a lot of years now. She's presented some high-profile things. I think, you know, she's really good at it. But what this is, is it's it's Stacey Dooley syndrome. You know, basically, because she's not a model and she's got a regional accent, you know, that that I think she comes from a sort of more working-class background than she does upper-class background, then they think somehow TV commissioners that it's quite daring to put her on television and that they're doing some good. Um, She did mention in that interview where she comes across so well she did mention that she goes to the same Halloween parties as Louis Theroux, and they
7: talk about making documentaries. First time presenting a documentary, and for advice, you went to one of the big dogs.
5: <laughs> yeah, I met uh, Louis Theroux at a Halloween party.
6: Let's not pretend that Scarlet Moffat is, you know, scum like us. She's not. She's on <laughs> telly now. But I did notice, absolutely following that, that thing, this, this programme is called Scarlet Moffat Investigates. And that is the same title as Stacey Dooley Investigates, which ran for seven series. Yeah. So you can see exactly how the BBC are pegging her. She is the new Stacey Dooley because yeah. she comes from that background. That lack of sort of thought about what she could do, that they just put her in the same peg as Stacey Dooley that I sort of find faintly distasteful. <laughs> just, you know, I really do. They
5: do. Yeah. And actually, she talked about Louis Theroux, and the same thing kind of happened in that era that I think, I don't know which who was first. Maybe it was um, Mark Ronson, not Mark John Ronson, Ronson, John Ronson yeah. rather. Well, John Ronson, John Ronson always Ronson. says he
6: was first, but that Louis made it bigger.
5: And then Louis and then Rui whacked and they just went, okay, brilliant. So slightly weird subjects, weird celebrities, yep. quirky people, funny people, yep. you know. So when they get that formula and yeah, the Stacey Dooley one, there's been loads of those and, and um, they are they're varying degrees of quality to them. But there's always a moment where Stacey Dooley at one point is, is, is doing her sympathetic nod. someone who's talking about something really serious and she's just like oh really oh what they all die
6: as your family (laughs) (laughs) there is a funny thing about them sort of saying it should be great because she'll go out there and she won't be patronizing she can go and talk to the normal people yeah, and yeah. A, a, I don't think she is normal. B, I think it's reductive.
3: She played, um, played her role again. This is because she's been on television, and knows how it works. So she threw in what sounded like a spontaneous question. So the the Welsh drumming, um, Owain, uh, w- Owain the the weather, Welsh drumming weatherman, Owain, who crossed on the one show now and again, doesn't he? They love him uh, yeah. in his in his flowery shirt, and he was talking about you know, oh, guess what, the heat wave and how to stay safe and all the rest of it, and then she said. Which was pretty off the cuff, or sounded it. She went. She went. What, what? Hang on a minute. What about people with dogs? She said. Absolutely. Take this seriously, and don't go in the sun. What,
7: what about little dogs? Because I have a little dog, and I'm like, oh.
3: Oh well, this is. That's a good question. And it was. A, it was like, oh, no, that's natural. Yeah, that's good. And then up pops a picture of her with her dog, and you go. Oh, you were told to ask that. Look at the dog. What's the dog's (laughs) Uh -uh. name?
1: Bonnie. Oh, my God.
3: Bonnie is (laughs) just gorgeous. Of course. And then he starts talking about his cat. Pops a picture of his cat. Yes, sorry. Even I was going, oh, she's good, because she made that sound really natural.
6: She did. And she had a proper celebrity dog, which looked like a rat as well. (laughs) (laughs) Everything she says, you go, she's lovely and normal. And then you take a moment to think about it and you go, no. She's been on television for five years in a quite sort of like high position. She's just very good at pretending she isn't television's exploiting that. I, I did like Owen's line at one point where he said now a cat is different to a dog My cat
5: Franny for example, you know a cat is different to a dog
6: <laughs> <laughs> Where is it? We're really dropping the truth bombs there aren't we?
5: He was good at stating the obvious in that section wasn't he? When his big advice was now don't put a dog in a hot car <laughs> yes. and he's like, okay good I would say obviously don't put Bonnie in a warm car. And now cats, and then you're thinking cats, what's he going to say there? He's like oh cats away Don't put them on tin roofs if you can. uh...
6: (laughs) There There was a little bit on that where they were talking about the extreme weather, which, you know, now we're on that day. We can see that it isn't scaremongering, and it actually is. It's like being, you know, opening an oven. I noticed today something odd, which is there are no birds making any noise in the garden at all. It's silent.
3: This morning, normally, uh, recently, dawn chorus where I live, Mm. slightly rurally, four thirty in the morning, I will wake up to the noise of birds, right, fucking loud and annoying. Mm. Today, nothing. Nothing. They all right. are all yeah. dead. They're all dead. <laughs> They're, They're all, all dead. dead. But think of the lovely roast dinner for tonight. It'll be
6: <laughs> <laughs> The only thing I did hear when I went out was the noise of aeroplanes going overhead, which was absolutely the thing that you go... On days like today, I don't want to hear the thing that's causing the problem. <laughs> just, <laughs> like it's just be silent. But they did have a bit where Alex sort of, uh, as part of her bit, she'd sort of said, well, you know, there's always a bit of hysteria about extreme weather warnings.
1: And we're hearing a lot of different numbers being thrown about, you mm. know, 39, they say, maybe by Tuesday. But there's always a bit of hysteria, isn't there, when there's severe weather warnings. And
6: this sort of attempt to go, let's look at it from all angles... It's, it's really irritating. I don't think we need to sort of go, yeah, don't people get het up about it being 43 degrees <laughs> in a country where, when that happens, all of the trains buckle in half. Yeah. Oh, a bit of hysteria. Uh, but she also said, I mean, we could do a whole hour on this, couldn't we? And I thought, no, you like,
1: know, you guys can't. Why, we could no. do a whole hour on this. You've just struggled to stretch it over
5: two minutes yeah. and now you're saying...
3: <laughs> Not unless you bring back Roman Kemp and his sunscreen explaining. Is
2: that- <laughs> I know,
5: I know. What she also did at that point, which I love, she did the thing that I always do sometimes where you rush into a list because you think I've got loads of examples here. <laughs> and so you start a list and then you realise after act two, oh, I think that's the end of my list there. <laughs> so you have to just sort of make it sound like, oh, and I could go on. So she kind of went, oh, we could do that a whole hour on this, you know, staying hydrated, (laughs) heat exhaustion,
7: (laughs) a
1: whole hour we
7: could do on
5: this,
1: you know. (laughs) People need to be careful about heat exhaustion. Heat stroke. Keeping hydrated. Very,
6: very important, yeah. If you're going to do that balance, then you should do it throughout. And there was a little bit in the one uh, big thank you where they had a Welsh lady appeared and she had a necklace on that said, chopsy around her neck and chopsy is a, a welsh term i looked this up which means someone who's inclined to talk a lot especially in a rude insolent or belligerent way loud mouthed. and it's been adopted largely as, uh, a, a, as as a feminist word chopsy women and those are the women who aren't taking shit anymore and i thought when they were doing the balance about saying there's hysteria about the weather and you know people can get carried away i thought let's also have balance about chopsy and they should have cut back to the studio. And Alex could have gone, you know, chopsy there, opinionated woman. But she should have said something along the lines of something misogynist, I think. <laughs> so I've started watching them on the show now, knowing they're doing the balance. And I'm finding things that they don't do balance on. I'm writing them down and I'm going to send them to the director general of the BBC. <laughs> <laughs> All of them are totally unreasonable. I just want the show to be axed. <laughs> And I did like at the end, after we'd wrapped up uh, the Museum of the Year, um, they went through your, uh, our tweets and texts that have been sent oh, yeah. in. Uh, they included, um, uh, someone here wants to say they saw you in Hull, Ronan.
1: Hey, quick Definitely. message. Linda says, can you please tell Ronan tonight that my friend saw him in hell? What a night. We're big fans and you were great as always.
6: <laughs> <laughs> which I was glad we glad we all paid, paid some time to hear that. One last little bit I liked, mm. which was in the, in the heat
5: chat, which again I think showed that they really don't read what they're going to say ahead of time because they get the tone wrong mm. because they don't understand the question was where Ronan Keaton wanted to read the line during the heat chat and who's going to be affected the most clearly thinking he's you know like the answer was going to be vulnerable people people who haven't you know and he said so who's who's going to be affected the most then the line.: absolutely and who's going to be affected the most and then he went well, mainly the southwest. You know, really, you know. <laughs> I think the southeast of England, you know, is going to get the warmest. <laughs> and he said, "Oh shit, I totally got the uh, yeah, okay, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, okay, that's good."
3: <laughs> and there we must end the horrors. To paraphrase the demons in Hellraiser, the one show box you opened it. We came, but now you can see us open the box and let all of the televisual despair out live into a room full of people that could include you, Mark, myself, special guests, TBA. Uh, That's to be announced, not a rap group. We'll be doing the The One Show (laughs) show live on stage at the London Podcast Festival on September the 16th. Details and tickets, and they're cheap in keeping with The One Show's values, at kingsplace.co.uk. But while you're remembering to do that, also remember this and remember it well. When you look at the television to look at The One Show, The One Show also looks back into you. Goodbye.
0: When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all.